everyone. Dennis here. Real quick note before we jump into the episode. When we were recording the other night, we forgot to thank our patrons and financial supporters. Thank you, Dana Bias, Audrey Atchley, Christopher Redman, and Jill Wilson. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. We're here to talk about two episodes this week. Two episodes. <laughs> yeah. So let's get in. Uh, so we took a little bit of a unplanned break. We just had stuff, some life come up. And honestly, at this point, I can't remember who postponed. I think, was it you? Was it me? It I was, can't remember. Yeah, I, I don't know either, to be frank. it was Yeah, it was one of those things where I think it might have been you and then me. Like, we had we had set up a sure. date and then, yeah. But, it, 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 yeah, basically, there was just a lot going on and mm-hmm. teetering on exhaustion on multiple occasions. And then on the date when we had finally decided, okay, we're going to do it, I ended up getting called into rehearsal because one of the actors was injured. Not the actor that I'm covering, but because the other actor wasn't necessarily comfortable yet, there was a put-in rehearsal. And because they know that I will be going on at, at some point because my my actor is going to be uh, uh, attending his son's graduation, actually. Um, Fantastic. They uh, uh, asked if I wanted to come in to do the rehearsal uh, or if I could come in. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, which meant that I'm, I was driving to the theater and calling you and saying like, hey, about tonight. <laughs> yeah. No. Can, I, I love that. I was very excited for you when I listened to your voicemail because as someone who has understudied before uh, or someone who has been in a show where an understudy, where an understudy has to go on at the last minute, there, there is just a certain energy that comes in a performance when the understudy has to go on. Yeah. That it's, it's, it's just very – very exciting. I don't know if I ever told you when we formed a uh, broken road theater to do our one show. That's how Sam and I met, by the way, right. To do our one show. Uh, we ended up landing on broken road, which I wasn't crazy about somebody else. Somebody else in the group chose that name. I wanted to call us the understudies <laughs> because I wanted, because of like, like that energy of like what happens like when, when the understudy goes on. Yeah. Uh, but Annie and Catherine overruled me. They said that we would just be setting ourselves up too easy for criticism for like anything. If they wanted to like <laughs> dig anything about the show, they would yeah. just say, yeah, there's a reason why this company is called the understudy. So they overruled me. Anyway, I think it's a great name for like a theater themed band, right? Like not that, sure. not that we would play like <laughs> theater themed songs, but sure. like, you know, that, that we would all be theater people who have a band and we would just call ourselves the understudies. Like, That's fantastic. I would dig that. There we go. But <laughs> alas, so what we're doing, uh, instead of trying to play catch up or whatever uh, over two episodes, we are going to do a double episode talking about double identity and the color of truth. And I think it's perfect. One, double identity. Eh, eh. <laughs> and I think this may represent both the, the best and the worst of season one of quantum leap. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, to do these two episodes because, uh, I feel like my opinions have changed a little bit about double identity. Um, and because color of truth, it will be the first very high scoring episode that we do. I'm pretty sure, which I'm excited about seeing what our yes, scores yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think this is a great opportunity to do two episodes in one because we don't necessarily have a lot of other stuff to talk about right now. There's not a ton of new news. Um, you know, we know, uh, we were talking about just before we started recording that, um, 
the Quantum Leap podcast interview with Deborah Pratt. Um, she said a couple of things that we, we kind of already knew, we'd already addressed, but, mm-hmm. you know, she had mentioned the idea that, uh, you know, that NBC obviously was the hope, but that there would probably be like a, you know, they double up like they do with a lot of their shows. So it would be available on NBC and Peacock both. Mm-hmm. Um that uh, that there have been multiple cuts of the episode made. Um, that, that there is a network cut that they are going. You know, they've already seen it at this point. They saw it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and that the target would probably be like an October air date, which is pretty much what we've said from the very beginning. So hmm. you know, it, 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 there's. Um, there's just not a lot of new information out there. You know, the, sure. the, I think the newest piece we have is that the network has seen it, so yeah. we know that much. I I want to see all of the cuts. I know, right? Me too. I want to know, and I and I know Matt will have this information eventually. What each one of the individual cuts are, right? Well, uh, I mean, the thing is, is we'll be able to glean I, probably just from having read the script. What you know what I mean? Like we'll know sure. what cuts were made. It'll just yeah. be a question of like what, yeah, what did the director's cut have? And 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 the truth truth be told, because of it's it's a genre show like it is, I think that there will probably be enough demand that. The, the director's cut will probably be seen at some point, you know, like whether it's a, a Blu-ray thing or whether they put it on Peacock at some point or something like that. I mean, just look at what they've done with the office. They've got those super fan cuts now, you know, on, on oh, Peacock, yeah. which are like, some of them are really good. And then some mm-hmm. of them are, are awful. And you're just like, wow, I'm so glad they cut this. Oh, I see. I get what you're saying. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, uh, housekeeping before we dive in, facewidewheel.com. Find us on social media, anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I signed us up for a TikTok. I haven't done much with, this, <laughs> much with it yet. Uh, as we get closer to the new series launching, I, I do want to start doing more, more stuff on TikTok because I think that's where newer, younger fans of the series, like I, I think that's where they will be picking up a lot of stuff. And, Absolutely. and, and, and I want to be uh, a part of that. Uh, we also have a T-Public store dot, uh, now. that we have put some, we got some mugs up there. We're going to put some other stuff once I... Uh, Betsy gets a little bit freer from her day job. Betsy's a graphic designer. We're going to be putting some other stuff uh, up there as well. But right now we have uh, some mugs, uh, some T-shirts and stuff. You can throw on a design. Uh, I ordered this for myself. Uh, but yeah, we've already had a handful of people order it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, much appreciated. And also, and I'll throw this in at the end of the episode as well. If you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts or somewhere else. If you are savvy with Apple Podcasts, we would love if you go and leave us a review. You don't even have to say anything. If, if like writing stuff out, is that not your thing? If you can just like leave us like like a five-star review, if you're enjoying what you're doing, uh, do it. I looked recently. We got a couple people leave us bad reviews for no other reason other than uh, they don't like the fact that sometimes we're critical of some of the episodes and they don't like the fact that we're uh, – shorthand for lack of a better word that we're woke um so if we want to counterbalance that a little bit if you happen to listen to my podcast are you trying to say we've review. been review bombed <laughs> uh we haven't been no, no no we haven't been like review bombed but we've we we've had a few negative reviews as of recently yeah. just it's just like oh god just just get a life anyway that being said uh 
before we dive in, I, I assume we're doing double identity first. That makes sense. Right? That makes sense. That makes, that sense. makes sense. Right. Uh, Sam, please explain to anyone who is just jumping into our revisited reviews, our capsule reviews, how our scoring system works. All right. So uh, our capsule size reviews of the classic series uh, is our mission to rank the show on a scale of one to 10 based on five different categories, writing, directing, acting, production values, and mythology. Each category is weighted based on importance or our perceived importance. Writing, directing, and acting are worth 25% of the average production values are 15% and mythology just 10%. Now our original reviews sought to stimulate discussion and contextualize the episode based on when it was set, when it aired and when our discussion took place. Of course, we also provided a lot of background information, IMDb, you know, what everybody had been doing, etc., and our personal opinions of each episode, that and a whole lot more, lots of tangents. Uh, we're proud of those reviews and they will continue to be available for listeners in our archive. Meanwhile, we wanted the opportunity to revisit the episodes with only our opinion of the categories above, giving listeners a compact rating of each episode of the original series in the lead up to the premiere of the revival series in the fall of 2022. Have our opinions changed for the better, for the worse? Will this rubric yield new results that surprise even us? Well, let's find out. Here we go. Let's leap into double identity. I'm going to read this one off IMDb. Sam leaps into a mafia hitman who may not live long since he is romancing the Godfather's girlfriend. Also, <laughs> An attempt to bring Sam home causes the 1965 East Coast blackout. Spoilers. Spoilers! Right? <laughs> All right. All right, let's start off with the writing. The writing of this episode. I'm going to go back where we uh, left off last episode. when Because okay. uh, I told you last episode that I started watching ahead and Betsy happened to be in the room. And we got a few minutes into it, and she was like, I am not comfortable with the Italian stereotypes. <laughs> uh, and it and not just not just that, just overall. I had fond memories of this episode. I had fond memories of when we reviewed it uh originally. I think it was so much fun reviewing it originally because if I remember correctly, I think this is the first episode that our friend Christopher Stewart guessed it on. I could be wrong. I thought, yeah, I maybe I it thought, was. I thought he did a double back-to-back. He actually did Double Identity and Color, and of, Color Truth, of Truth. And Color of Truth well be, yeah. uh, And he was just always fun to talk to. He had never seen the show before. Right. So he was always fun to have a different perspective on the show. Ah, but ah, that being said, Wolf, I gave it a five out of 10, which I think is the lowest score I have given any episode on anything so far. Five out of 10. Yeah. So here's something that's fascinating. I don't know that I was uh, incredibly kind to it the last time around. I don't think I savaged it by any means, but I certainly was just, you know, kind of like, eh, you know, it it is what it is. Um, I honestly can't remember. Uh, that said, I found myself looking at it, I think, with a little bit more of a generous eye um, this time around. And um, I, I think that it's, it's pretty busy. You know, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, too much for 45 minutes, quite frankly. Um, I, I feel like none of the stories get the weight that they, that they really deserve. Um, it, you know, there's the moment between... Um, Teresa and Sam, when they go back to Gino's attic and he starts, you, you know, 
telling her that she's a lovely person, she's special and all this sort of stuff. And I felt like that that wasn't really earned, you know, like there was no Mm -hmm. moment between the two of them that I felt like that this would be genuine from Sam. Um, it like, it starts off with like your hairdresser, that's an art. And it's like, okay, I buy that. But then the rest of the stuff, it's just kind of like, now he does just sound like he's saying it just to sleep with her. You know what I mean? (laughs) Not that he was, but, um, so, so I, I agree with, 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 with a lot of, of what you said as well. Um, you know, and, and, and I toyed with, uh, with giving it a seven, but in the interest of not, not being too safe, uh, I ended up going with a six. So, so six. similar to Got your it. score. Yeah. And, and I will say back with, with the writing, the thing is nobody grows in this episode. Mm-hmm. You get a, maybe a little bit of growth in that scene that you just referenced, but like dwelling on it after is like, why do I not like this episode so much? Is that nobody grows in this episode? Yeah. Everything, you know, you, you, uh, you've complained before about the broad comedy in previous episodes, and it doesn't really bug me. The broad comedy in this episode really bugs me yeah and it's not and the thing is is that it's so strange because there are some comedic moments especially some moments between al and sam that actually land really well in my opinion like there's the moment when um you know al's like oh you trust those guys and and sam's like well i'm trusting you and ziggy and that actually like i i i I laughed i I was like sure yeah it landed well And there's a moment later in in the episode that they have that that felt similar to that so, yeah, it is interesting because juxtaposed against some of the the broader comedy, like you're saying, it it, it does feel it feels off. And, it, and it's that reminder that it's like, well, look, they're capable of doing, you know, comedic moments. It doesn't have to be that other thing, though, for it to be successful. Um, in fact, more often than not, the, the other broader moments aren't as successful. Uh, so I, I, I totally agree with that. And, 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 it, and in my opinion, it also kind of affected the acting as well. I guess for me, like like the broader comedic moments that went around the murder. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Don is going to go in and kill Frankie because he's getting his hair cut by Teresa. Right. Things like that. I don't know why. Maybe if it caught me in a different mood on a different week, who knows? <laughs> uh, this week, it just, uh, it all caught me kind of weird. That's fair. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what I'm saying. Uh, like I said, another week, maybe something else. This week, it just kind of, yeah, just kind of, kind of bugged me. Didn't do much for me. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that, and I think that the, you know, the, the the strange thing is, is that you know when I when I was watching the episode, you know, moment to moment, like there are some well written scenes, like the scenes for for Quantum Leap, for a you know an '80s television show, mm-hmm. the scenes work. But when I try to put everything together to look at the whole, oftentimes, yeah, I don't feel like the episode holds together as well. Um, and it's not, I mean, I get it. I get the story of the episode, the two plots of the episode. But it just, um, yeah, it, it, overall, I feel like it, do, it, it, it doesn't work as it could. So, it, you know, even though there are these, some of these scenes are well-written and I, and I enjoy some of the moments that they have, including, you know, I mean, I, I like the, the, the scene at the, salon you know i i think that it's uh it is fun and it and it it does exactly what this episode wants to do it is it is what this episode wants sure. to be so it's hard for me to knock it too much for that but that's fair but then yeah it it, it just doesn't it, the whole thing doesn't hold together and then sure everything that happens after 
the double leap feels like a completely different world that we're in, you know? And part of that, I think also is that, you know, Sam has been Frankie up until this point and Frankie, God love him is such a dial tone. Like I just, I just, I, I, I am, I mean, that, that might be more acting, but, but it, but, but it really like everything that it's just such a, you know, give everybody a happy ending sort of thing. And, and yeah, overall. So yeah, I, the writing is, is fine, but it's nothing stellar. Um, I think there are, you know, I, I could have given it a seven. Mm-hmm. There were a couple things that held me back from that. You know, maybe a 6.5 would more really reflect the way that I feel about this, but sure. I, I could see a world if, you know, if I could see a world where this could be a seven or an eight, frankly, but, but sure. I just don't think that this is it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I love the individual moments, some indiv- like individual moments in this episode. Like, I love a lot of the back and forth between Sam and Al. Yeah. I love I love Sam singing Bolare. Right, right. I, I love that, you know, like him figuring out like, oh, he knows how to sing and yeah. whatever. Uh, I like the bit of like, you know, I want him singing soprano. Ah! Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, being sort of the, the, you know, the mobster movie pastiche that it is. There are moments that play off again exactly as it, it is exactly what it wants to be. Yeah. I'm not always necessarily a fan of that, but I can't knock sure. it too much because at least it's succeeding at what it wants to do, I suppose. I got you. Yeah. So directing. Um, directing, you know, I ended up kind of playing it safe on this one. I gave it a seven because there wasn't anything about it that was horrible. There were a couple of things that I enjoyed. Um, I think some of the production values get in the way, to be completely honest, of the directing really taking flight. But uh, I do think that there are some some really well... I think anytime they're in the attic, I think that it's really well lit, well shot. I think that there's some good stuff going on there. Um, you know, again, I think that the the scene in the salon is was handled well. Um, you know, just navigating the, the wedding reception, uh, I think that's something that's handled well. There's a lot going on in that scene. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of stuff, and I think it, it, yeah, that's handled well. So I, I, I felt good about giving it a 7. You know, again, maybe a six point five. You know, maybe even a six would have been more appropriate. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm I'm happy with with giving it a seven. All right, I gave it an eight, and I just changed it on the fly as you were talking because I was punishing it for the writing. Ah, and I was like, sure. and I was like, and I was like, wait, that's not fair. You're bringing up some really good points. <laughs> it all, the individual scenes are done really well. Yeah, it's directed well. The fact that. Uh, all of the writing doesn't come together. That's not the fault of the director. And so it ends up, yeah, there's some really good individual moments yeah. within the episode. And so I can't, I can't knock it for that. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think that that's, I think that's kind of right on the money. You know, I think it's one of those things where it's hard sometimes though, because you do, you, you look at the story and, you know, you're looking at the way that the story is presented to you. And there are times when it doesn't, you know, it, it, they're so intertwined, you know, they're so interconnected, mm-hmm. the writing, the directing and the acting. And so when you do try to separate them out, it is hard to not have one kind of influence the other from time to time. Um, but yeah, for me, I think that there was enough that I was able to kind of spot and just say like, Hey, you know, this is, this is, this is enough for me to say like, Hey, this is better than, better than the other part. Um, 
the acting. So here's where it got interesting for me. Because when I when I first saw this episode, I remember I think I was able to sort of divorce the rest of the cast from Sam and Al enough to not necessarily appreciate the acting as a whole in this episode. As I was watching it this time around, kind of going back to what I was saying about the writing, it knows what it wants to be and it succeeds at that. I felt very similarly with the acting this time around. And so I actually ended up giving the acting an eight. And I think part of that might be influenced also by Sam and Al, because I do think that, I I think that one thing I will say about this, this is the first time Sam has felt like Sam since the pilot in my mind. And even the pilot stretches some things a little bit. Ah, we're in, we're that's, in disagreement. That's interesting because I feel like this is the furthest off from Sam. See, I feel like this is very like the the way that he reacts to the gun, the way that he reacts to the idea that he's a hitman, the way that he believes that Teresa should be treated nicer by everybody, that you know that she's not just a piece of meat to be traded around by the guys, um, the way that uh, he. In, like in his mind, he's just sort of like, oh, maybe this is before, you know, men were getting their hair done in salons or whatever. You know, it, like it, it feels kind of like a little bit more of a progressive Sam. It feels there there are moments that he has with Al that feel a little bit more, you know, bantery and friendly um, than some of the stuff that we've seen before. Um you know, I think you could probably you could probably throw Starcrossed into the argument just because of, of the nature of that episode. But but yeah, I, I did. I felt like this. I feel like I, I feel like this feels like Sam, and it's really interesting because I think that the next episode it, it, even more so feels like Sam. So yeah, that's that's I don't know, that's, hmm. that's kind of how I felt, and I felt like Al feels like Al as well. You know, I mean, like you you said before in a previous episode, uh, Al feels like Al mm-hmm. almost from the get go. Right. Like, like once Dean Stockwell, like, learns that he's also a retired admiral, like, there's another layer that's added on to it. But beyond that, Al feels like Al from the get-go. Sam, uh, the thing, I guess, like, the one thing that throws me off is, like, like, he goes in and gets a haircut from Teresa. It's like a moment of horniness. Like, oh, he's attracted to oh. her. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this. Okay. You know I- what I mean? And it I, makes no sense whatsoever. I agree with you there. You know, I head cannoned that into the, you know, Swiss cheese, you know, psycho synchronization, sure. you know, with, with, with Frankie. Like I, that's, that's kind of where I felt like that, that came from. Um, but, you know, obviously that's, that's just me putting a bandage on it, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, but it just it just felt right. If everybody else felt right too, you know, I mean, sure, the, you know, the Don, the you know, his dad, the brothers are, are ridiculous and dumb, and uh, you know, Teresa is great. So overall, yeah, I mean, hell, even the priest at the end, I thought, you know, did a did a good job. So oh, I, yeah. I, I, I felt I felt good, you know, giving giving the acting a bit of a, a bump. Um, yeah. you know, maybe eight's a little too high, but yeah, whatever. I, I landed at six point five. All right. I'm, I'm going to keep it there. Um, and I will say this about Head Cannon. We've touched on this before. I don't care where this episode falls. In my head, this is the second episode. Okay. <clears throat> um, because we, you know, we've talked about before, originally, this was planned to be yes. the second episode, as evidenced by Sam leaping in into a similar physical position as him laying on the ground at the end of the baseball leap. 
at the end of the pilot because early on they had not figured out the the leap effect yet so they were doing like the uh the cuts where he's in a similar physical position and then from there he was supposed to go into star crossed so in my head this is this is second leap or third leap right third leap second episode um and it makes sense. Yeah. It, it also it also plays into the idea that initially they were also planning on having each episode contain more than one leap. That yeah. much like Genesis, there was going to be the main story, and then there'd be like the little you know tag. He yeah, saves a cat out of a tree, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like there was sure. that. Sure. Um, and originally this this was removed because Don Bellister was afraid that people would be confused by having a double leap immediately after the pilot. So that's why he bumped it back. Right. Other than the thing. But yeah. 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 It's strange because like I said, I think I felt a little bit better about this episode than I did last time. Although the funny mm-hmm. thing is that when we get to my final score, it, it, it is rather revealing. Uh, I think about uh, where it where it sits uh, in some ways um, with some of the other episodes. Um, pro- production values. So production values for me, I, I'll keep this short. It got it got six. Uh, I was prepared to give this a much lower score um just based off of my memories but as i was watching it the you know hollywood backlot didn't bother me quite as much um i think that you know the the rest of it works um i i I love the idea that they're playing with the uh the power outage um you know there's there's some some kind of funny sight gags which you know can only be pulled off if you have the right stuff and 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 even even right down to having the right hair dryer quite frankly which in my opinion goes into production yeah. values so yeah um the hairdresser set looked great um you know the bingo parlor with the candle you know doing it by candlelight and all that sort of stuff like that was that was well done um so so yeah production values gets a six it, it, it nothing that's going to knock your socks off but nothing that's so egregious that i feel like it's below average yeah see that's weird for all of those reasons i gave it an eight out of ten hmm because I feel like fair, fair. I mean, they had to like they had to bounce around like the the back lot, which to me doesn't bug me at all because it, it's like driving the car. Sure. That I talked That's, about in Starcross, yeah. and that, I mean that is just like what do you expect from television on a budget like back in the day? Like if I saw that on a TV show produced now, I'd be like. What the hell? But, right. That's not a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's not. Yeah, but you know, uh, you know, they they were doing just what they did back yeah. in the day, and the fact, like, like the blackout, like they were like just like the, even just like working with like the obvious like stock footage that they had, just like right. they were able to com- create like a pretty compelling, interesting, like you know, couple minute, you know, sequence there of like, oh, this is. Yeah, this although I, although I will say that man, the blackout in New York looks really bad though because it's the way the way that like they literally just cut those images out, so like it's literally sure. just black. It's, I know, it's yeah. pretty obvious, especially on the Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, no, I get I get what you're saying, and I and I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, um, it's just, I guess it's just, yeah. it's, it's interesting, you know, looking at some of that stuff and you, and you do, it's, it's kind of like with the script. It's like, well, you know, this is what you were going for. Uh, did you succeed on this level? It, it, you know, what do I want to give you? And, and at the same time, it's like, well, this is what you had to work with and this is what you're trying to convey. Did it work? Well, yeah. So, you know, maybe I'm being too harsh by going six, but yeah, I, I, I definitely see, see where you're coming from. So this is because I watched this on my phone 
because it's like I'm on the go all the time. So I, ju- I just bought season one on my phone, and that's how I watched it. Wow. Uh, and you watched it on your TV. And I don't think we've ever I don't think we've ever talked about that before. Like how fair is it to judge an episode like based on your your viewing apparatus? Yeah, you know, because like right. everything you just mentioned about the blackout did not bug me on my phone. It is interesting because we've I think we've talked a little bit in the past about different um like the delivery method, but not yeah. necessarily the screen that we watched it on. You know, we've talked about the difference between watching it streaming, watching it on the Blu-rays, you know, watching it off of um, the NBC website versus watching it off of Hulu or, or wherever else when it was, you know, other places. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, watching it on, I've, I, I think I've watched episodes on my iPad before because I would, sometimes I would watch them like on my lunch break at work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, before we would record and that sort of thing, but uh, yeah, that, I mean, I, hey, it, that is a that is a choice to be able to you can watch it on your phone, and uh, I, I do think obviously the difference between watching it on like a you know a fifty inch sure HD yeah. TV versus watching it on on your phone, there are going to be differences, and some of those production elements are definitely going to stand out in different ways. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was because for the most part. It, it's almost like it is special viewing if I'm sitting down to watch something on TV. Actually, <laughs> mostly it's all it's all on my phone these days. Anyway, uh, mythology. Where did you land on mythology? Yeah, so this was an interesting one because I felt like there's some really great bits uh, in the course of the episode that come out. Um, uh, one of the things that's interesting, which is which will be interesting to contrast with something that happens in Color of Truth, quite frankly, is you know Al uh, basically confirms like the Vietnam service, you know, with the "Don't remind me." So we we get the we get the idea that like you know something uh, something happened in Vietnam that was not too pleasant for Al, which I mean that seems like an understatement for anybody that probably participated in that conflict. But, um, you know, there, there's uh, stuff about the project, what's going on, you know, Ziggy, uh, you know, needing all the power, messing with the, the temperature, you know, it's hot, now it's cold. You know, we're getting an idea of what things are, are like back at the project, which is nice. Um, the attempt to bring Sam home, uh, which I think is, you know, is also kind of important, uh, though obviously would kind of fall by the wayside rather quickly. Um, so, you know, I, I, I felt pretty comfortable giving it a seven because I felt like, uh, there were some things that were, you know, that were established. Uh, again, that might be too generous, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. I gave it a six. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing too exciting. I didn't really think about like, uh, you know, what you talked about, like, you know, what it's like back at the project or, or, or things like that, like, like looping that into like, you know, like the mythology, but yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it also like one thing about the mythology that, that hit me as I was watching it was a story about his dad sneaking him out of the orphanage. Oh yeah. And yeah. to me, like that landed weird, like knowing what the quote, like real, story is yeah that we get later on and and everything that is tied up with trudy right his sister and the orphanage like that moment just landed weird like knowing like it's played for you know obviously comedy right and this yeah in a very uncomfortable manner (laughs) in a a very in a very uncomfortable i'm gonna call it belisario-esque way yeah that it's (laughs) yeah that it's my my dad got me laid uh yeah 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 it was and i will say overall and i'm kind of vamping here while i actually do like my calculations of, of my thing here 
I, I think I've always held this uh, this episode in higher esteem in the past because I did not see this episode when it originally aired mm-hmm. on NBC. I first saw it when USA Network started doing the reruns. Yeah. And so I would have seen this episode right after the start of season four. Okay. Be- because that's when USA Network started rerunning the show was in the fall of 1992. So I think what I was really most excited about this episode was the retrieval storyline. Yes. Because yeah. it just come off of them trying to retrieve Sam in the leap back. I think, you know, and I think the thing is to, because going into it, I anticipated that that would be more important to me and probably bump the mythology up higher. And, and it didn't. And I feel like th- that it's because of the way that the episode kind of just like, it, it, it closes with a whimper, especially in relation to the retrieval story. You know, it's like they do all this stuff. He gets the brothers to drive all the way out to, you know, to Buffalo to, to, to plug in the, the, the hairdryer and he's tussling with Don Gino. And then all of a sudden there's the cross leap and now he's Don Gino. And it's like, it's like the episode kind of just, you know, it's like, all right, well, whatever. And I think that that's why I kind of like knocked it off the mythology a little bit. It's, it's just that, like this should have been a bigger deal, right? That you could yes. not retrieve Sam, and that exactly. it was a total failure. And especially, we know how close Sam and Al are later in the series. Like the fact that it does not really affect or bug Al at all—that they weren't able to retrieve him—it's just kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, which kind of makes me wonder: how are they going to address this in the new series? Yeah, th- I mean that's going to be very very interesting. Um y- you know in, in in general the uh I one of the things that we've talked about before that, that that we know that doesn't seem to be too, you know, top secret so I feel comfortable discussing is that, you know, the project's not ready. You know, Ben leaps sure. before it's ready. And and so that to me is enough of, uh, you know, enough of a way of kind of getting out of the idea that like, Hey, it's been 30 years. Haven't you figured this out yet? You know, it's just kind of mm-hmm. like, well, you know, they're kind of having to piece things together again and having to, you know, to redo everything and try and figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, that there's a good chance that it will be addressed in some fashion, you know, that there will probably, and I would not be at all surprised if at some point, you know, within the first batch of episodes, uh, there there is some sort of reference to, you know, well, you know, it, they tried this with Sam, but they, you know, it was never successful. So I wouldn't be at all surprised, you know, sure. if, if, if this specific episode, in a way, gets a very subtle tip of the cap, you, you know, without naming it or, you know, talking sure. about any of the situations, but, uh, I could see that happening, you know, we'll, we'll see if that's, if that's the route that they take, but, um, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they handle the retrieval of, of Ben, you know, and, uh, and what the complexion of the show will look like if by chance they decide to just flat out, get him back at some point, you know, like what, what if they, what if they go where the original series never could go? What if literally they get him back? And for whatever reason, like something he has to, he has to go back and, you know, but, but now it's more controlled. Now it's like pinpoint, like, it's like, it's like here, we're going to send you to blah, 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 blah. 
to do this, to come back. You know, I mean, there's so many things that they can explore that the original series never had the opportunity to, um, including mm. how he is affecting things other than just the leaps. They might never do that. They might literally just stick to kind of the, the formula in a way with, with a couple of, you know, additions here or there and, 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 yeah. and a, you know, a more serialized storyline. But it would, you know, there's so much stuff that they could play with, um, with, you know, with basically having, you know, Ben have to set right things that went wrong based off of the things that he set right already, you know, or Sam, you know, sure. or Sam did something like th- that would be, that would be a really interesting thing to play with. You know, Sam set something right in, in, in the classic series. And now here we are in the revival series, finding out that like, yeah, but things kind of got screwed up for this other person, you know? And so now he has to go, yeah, you know, and help out somebody that, you know, that, that Sam inadvertently screwed things up for by helping somebody else, which yeah. is something that we've talked about many times, you know, mm-hmm. in our original, uh, reviews of episodes is it's just sort of like, yeah, he did this good thing, but now it means this is never going to happen or whatever. You yeah. know, it's like, there are literally kids that never got born because of something that because Sam it, did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who knows? Who knows? Or uh, I would, that's, I would, that's a huge tangent. <laughs> I, I, I would, I know I would love if like a, if a subtle hat tip to this episode is that if they reveal at some point that a lot of like the major power outages that happened in the late 20th century <laughs> was actually attempts to retrieve Sam. And it just always happened to knock the power out. The- <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all the all the all the like rolling brownouts that were happening in, in california or whatever you know are all a result of trying to retrieve sam god that would be i hope the show has a sense of humor in that regard of like yeah yeah we'll see i mean yeah. I imagine we'll see yeah yeah so okay so anyway uh, it was a sum up double identity um <laughs> So my my total score for it was a six point eight five, which gives us a sixty nine percent. And um, if I, I'm lying, I'm dying. Yeah, exactly, uh, and I feel pretty yeah. comfortable with that. You know where where it's where it sits. It, it, that that's higher than how the test was won. It's actually surprisingly higher than Starcrossed, um, but it puts it lower than Right Hand of God, lower than Genesis, and and obviously lower than you know. Spoiler alert: Color of Truth, which we're going to get to here in just a second. So. And I feel good about that. I mean, I I think that the episode to me is certainly not the worst episode of the first season so far. And I feel I don't necessarily feel comfortable calling calling something the worst. I, I'd rather say maybe this isn't the best episode of the season uh, thus sure. far. Uh, but I do think that it's funny because one of the things, and this is going to be this is this is this is a pretty savage thing of me to say. But one of the things I will say is up until this point. In my opinion, not that any of these episodes are terrible, but if I'm a network executive and I'm seeing everything from Genesis through Double Identity, I don't know if I want to renew this show. I have a wonderful question I want to put out to our listeners. Okay. I, I want feedback. I want some. I want some listener email, but I'm going to save that for the end of our Color of Truth discussion. Because okay. I went down the rabbit hole thinking about this question earlier this evening, and I almost threw it up on Facebook then. I was like, no, 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 no. I want to wait. I want to throw this out. I want to get some feedback. Uh, but like I said, I will save that for later. My score, go ahead. 
I just want to add this in real quick. One thing that I will say, and I think that this is the thing that's so difficult about doing these types of, of endeavors, you know, a podcast where you're reviewing a show that is, you know, over 30 years old, is that looking at it through, you know, it's impossible not to look at it through a lens of sitting here in 2022. But the truth of the matter is, is I remember you, know, I have the benefit of, of having some rather foggy, to be completely honest, but I have memories of watching the first season as it aired. And I can just remember watching those episodes. And as a kid, you know, being kind of like just so enraptured by it all. And the idea of this guy traveling through time and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, making things better. Um, And, and I think that at the time I was watching it, I would have easily just been like, I love this for each episode. I love this episode. I love this sure. episode. And I remember watching Double Identity, um, you know, fairly well, not not perfect. The funny thing is, is I, I looking back on it, it's such a it's a fuzzy memory. I was eight years old, but like looking back on it, I'm trying to figure out. It's like, do I? I might have stopped watching the episode before it ended because I don't have a very clear memory of the bingo stuff from when I originally watched it. But I have a very clear memory of that stuff, like during the, you know, the USA years and everything. Sure. And so there's this part of me as a kid, it's like, I'm wondering, it's like, did I stop watching when the, like the, 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 the leap happened? And did I just think that it was over, you know, cause it, cause oh, there's a commercial, cause there's a commercial break there. Um, uh, uh, when he, when he does the leap. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and so, and so I'm wondering if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, 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 that he doesn't figure out he's Don Gino until you come back from commercial break, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. The point is, okay, yeah. is, is that, is that, yeah, I don't have a clear memory of that from watching it the first time around. So it's easy for me to sit here now and say, I don't know if I would like pick this show up for a second season based off of what we've seen thus far, but I can also you know safely say that that's all going to change with where we're about to go. Go so, yeah. So I give my my score was six point six seven five, and I think this may be the lowest one so far this season. Let me let me scroll back. Let me see what Starcross looks like here. Um, uh, screw it, it's way back there. It may be uh, around the same where same place as Starcrossed. Yeah, but uh, definitely lower than how the test was won last week. Yeah, and I will stay. I will stand by it. I think this is the least strong episode so far in the season. Okay. You know, what's fascinating to me is our scores are, are, are very, very close for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, even for, for different reasons. You, yeah. you know. I will say, as we were talking, I bumped up some of my scores because like you, 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 you brought me around to some I, of it. I, I, I like, changed oh. a couple things too, actually. I was like, oh, yeah. maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh as we go here. Yeah. Yeah. So Same. anyway, uh, so let's start to transition to color truth. First off, let me just say uh, you as a father, as a dad, you just did this, this, this hero move of concentration <laughs> talking through. I'm sure our listeners heard it. Yeah. Uh, unless you, I don't think you can possibly. I don't think I can. No, unfortunately yeah. not. No. Uh, was that, was, uh, which one was that one? The youngest one or the, that was Jude. Yeah, that was Jude. Oh, okay. Jess is, Jess is, you know, all over it. Uh, uh, I, I did not anticipate it be that you know, that, that loud, I'm, I'm downstairs or upstairs. He was, he was definitely unhappy about something, but, um, sure. Hey, that's, you know, 
I, I'm not in a soundproof booth, unfortunately. Uh, we are we are two tired dads. Yeah, pod, podcasting in our basements, literally. Just doing, doing the best. Yeah, doing the best we just, can. Just just doing our thing, trying to be as least problematic as possible for two white cis, <laughs> cis white dudes. Well, that leads us perfectly into the next episode. Dude, excellent, <laughs> so excellent. We are going to talk about the color of truth. Before we get too much into it, I would certainly urge anyone who hasn't heard it to go back and listen to our original episode about The Color of Truth, um, just because I feel like we we are able to do a much, much deeper dive into the episode. I feel like we, we went almost two hours, if I'm not mistaken. We yep. did have uh, Chris Stewart with us on, on that particular episode as well, um, so you'll get another voice in the conversation. Um, it goes without saying... I think for a lot of people that this is the episode that legitimized quantum leap Mm. Um, up until this point, the show was fine. You know, it was, it was, it was something that I think had already started to develop a fairly passionate fan base because of the time travel conceit and, you know, just being something different. Um, But this was the episode that I think truly legitimized the show in the eyes of critics and everyone else, because I think there were a lot of critics that really loved the the pilot. Um, you know, the, the 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 pilot got decent reviews um, when it when it aired, um, but I don't know that anything that came after that would have would have necessarily measured up in the same way that Color of Truth did. So it's hard to 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 score some of this stuff because when looking at it, I'm just like, well, I got to go with this just because this is where the episode sits and it sits there for good reason. Mm-hmm. So all that said, um, let's start off with our writing. This is written by Deborah Pratt mm-hmm. and um, it is wildly different from the last episode that she, that she wrote star crossed mm-hmm. um, in, 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 in a much better way. Um, I think that the writing on this is, is pretty much perfect. Um, I, there's nothing that I would change. There's nothing that lands weird. There's nothing that doesn't work. Um, I think, you know, you could, if you wanted to get really nitpicky and into the minutia of it, you could certainly say, what would this have been like had it, had I gotten, you know, um, an HBO max runtime of 55 minutes. You know, if I got those 10 extra minutes to expand a little bit on Jesse's family or, you know, Ms. Melanie's, uh, uh, son, you know, Clayton, like a little bit more into that relationship or something, that'd be cool. But at the same time, it's like, I got 45 minutes. This is the script that we're working with. This is what I'm seeing on television. So for me, I feel like, especially for quantum leap, it's just about as good as it gets. So I just, I just went for it. I gave it my very first 10, uh, in the category of writing. So, yeah. Very cool. Uh, so preface my score with a couple things of note. If, if you are a super fan of the series, you probably already know all of this stuff, but just throw it out in case you didn't. Um, Deborah Pratt wrote this episode and pitched it. Belisario wasn't ready to do this episode in the first season. Um, he thought this was a season two or season three episode just by the nature of having Sam leap into a black person. Uh, but then Brandon Kartikoff, 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 I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the Bruce Campbell thing. Uh, um, he gave his blessing. And then once he gave his blessing, Don got behind it. And so they, and so they did this in the first season when, uh, like I said, Belisario frankly was worried that it wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna work. Yeah. Um, and, and it turns out that it turns out that it did. Um, that being said, I gave this episode a nine out of 10. Just because, like, I, I I don't know what it, what it's going to take for me to give it 
a 10 out of 10. Sure. I don't know what's going to get me there. And the one, the one bit of the writing that did jump out at me as I was watching it this afternoon, we talked about this a lot um, in the, and in, in our first reviews that they tended to do this in the early on, they want to have it to be such a happy ending in the end. Sure. That Jesse is still alive in present day. Right, right. And it it, it really does. I, I will admit that in some ways it starts to stretch the bounds of credulity that Al knows all of these things, like that he has this love of, of chitlins and collard greens and that he was there for the marches, which that was the thing that I wanted to talk about. For Al to have been there for the marches is not completely out of bounds by any stretch. You know, it's mm-hmm. not out of the you know, bounds of reality for him to have been involved in, in the Freedom Rides or whatever. But we also know that this is like he's an Annapolis grad, a naval aviator. Like, when did he have time to do that? Yeah. And he also went to MIT at some point. Right, right. Which I always thought that he did after he got out of the out of out of Fair, the yeah. you know, uh, POW camp. But sure. yeah, so so it was so it's definitely one of those things where you're just kind of like, wow, okay, okay, you know, I mean, sure, like we'll we'll stuff that all in. Um and and look, I, I I f- will freely admit that giving it at the 10 is is quite possibly just me not wanting to give it anything less than a 10, you know? Sure. Uh, but when I, when I start to try to catalog episodes in my mind and think of, like, the writing on future episodes, you know, there's only a few episodes that I would really genuinely, you know, look at in a writing perspective and potentially rank as high or higher. Um you know, another of which would be a Deborah Pratt episode. Um, so I don't know. And, and, and maybe I'll kick myself. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, we'll come to an episode at some point. And I'll be like, well, I got to give this an 11 because it's even better than color truth. I don't know. I don't know, but I agree with you. I understand it was really hard for me to go 10, but I just decided to do it. Sure. Totally understand. Yeah. Got to do it at some point, right? Yeah, at some point. <laughs> this is a, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, directing. So I feel like this episode is directed incredibly well. I think that, um, there's, there's nothing about this that feels, um, weird or clunky or, 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 uh, off. I, I think that, uh, one of the things that I really appreciate is like all of the scenes where a car is involved. Um, there's some really nice choices that are made that don't necessarily feel like the standard choice. Like we get a lot of POV shots from like inside the car. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't, you're not always just getting your standard like camera right next to the, you know, the driver's side window or camera through the windshield. Like there's some nice stuff that's in the car. Uh, And, and the cool thing is, is that there are a couple of those shots that take place in the car while action is happening outside of the car. Like when Sam initially goes to check on Nell, like we basically get Ms. Melanie's POV from inside the car. And I just was like, that's really cool. Like, I Mm -hmm. like that. Like it's, it's simple, but effective. Um, uh, the stuff in the diner at the beginning of the episode is great. Uh, I think it's amusing. I know we've talked about this before that obviously the leap out from double identity has Sam leaping out while he's sitting down at the counter, but the leap in, in this episode has Sam making the choice yeah. and actually making the choice to sit down. Um, yeah. Even when he's cooking, you know, uh, uh, I think there's some, just some nice, some nice work that's done there. Uh, um, you know, all the stuff in the town square, all the stuff with the car accident. Um, I, I, yeah, I just, I think it's good. It's strong. Again, I'm, I'm probably going high because of the episode, I gave it a nine. Oh, I gave it an eight for all the same reasons. 
Yeah. I'm just a little bit harsher critic, I guess. <laughs> Which is, it's like it's like we've switched places. <laughs> I, know, I know. You know, we just slip back and forth. Yeah. Um, did you watch this on TV or uh, on your phone? TV. Okay, on my phone again today. Yeah. Watch, watching the kids, watching them play down in the basement, and just like watching them on the phone. But yeah, yeah. it still, it still works. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I mean. I, I'm never I, I I don't I, I don't care how you consume, you know, whatever you're watching. Like, I just think that like if you enjoy something, and you want to see something go for it. It's it's the mm-hmm. same thing. Like, I finally watched the Batman um, yesterday. I hadn't seen it. Sure. I stayed spoiler free, miraculously. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I wanted to see it in theaters. There were a couple of times when I was just sort of like, I'm going to go see it in the theater. I feel like maybe I should see it in the theater. And eventually I was just sort of like, you know what, especially when the news came that it was going to drop on HBO on April 18th. Sure. I was like, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to see it in the theaters. It will still be good at home. Mm-hmm. And it was. Oh my God, was it like that? Yeah. That movie is just phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. We're not a Batman podcast. Um, we're, not, so, <laughs> we're not. We're not. No. <laughs> so so yeah. Uh, yeah, I. I no, I totally get that. It's funny because uh, again. You know, being being a, a little bit of a cinephile and, and and watching you know some classic films and, and having uh, you know movies that are like part of the Criterion collection or whatever. There was this debate at one point, uh, I believe, on the Criterion Facebook group where people were talking about like uh, you know how it was a travesty to to watch one of these films on your phone or whatever. And somebody kind of stepped in and they were just sort of like, "Man, it doesn't matter how you watch the movie, like." you're going to take it in. And if, and, and, and as an individual viewer, like if I feel as though I'm watching this film and I think, you know, I need to see this on a bigger screen or whatever, then I will watch it on a bigger screen when I get the opportunity. But to, to, to say like, there's something wrong with me streaming a film, you know, on my phone, because that's the only way I can watch it or whatever. It's like, get what you get, how you get it. You know? Hey, when, when you are a tired parent struggling for free time, sometimes yeah. it is. And I will say sometimes it speaks to the power. Like if it can still move you, even watching it on a smaller screen, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's really good. The first time I saw the movie gravity, mm-hmm. I saw it on an airplane, like on like the seat back yeah. screen coming back from Ireland several years ago. And that still gave me the, yee. yeah, that's how I watched then, Logan lucky of all films. It's a Steven Soderbergh. Berg, okay. Like, uh, pick uh, uh, Tanning Tatum, Adam Driver. All right. Uh, Elvis's granddaughter is in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. So anyway, back to directing. Like the, I don't know if this is fair to knock it for directing or production values. This is the like the one uh, production element that that bugs me about the episode. Al saves Miss Melanie's life, and it's implied like he goes directly to Sam to tell him what happened. Right. Yeah. yeah. He changes outfits. Yeah. Yeah. That's always bugged me about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I get it. They're both cool outfits. Right, right, right. Love both outfits. It was just weird. It is. It, it is choice. a little weird. I, I agree. And, I agree. And now that, now that I think, you know, now that I'm saying this out loud, me, amateur that I am, I'm not Jean-Pierre Dorliac, Dorliac, however you pronounce his last name. I wonder if it had to do with like the colors inside the gel cell. Uh, maybe, maybe that I they're don't know. like that they're like. Oh yeah, we got to we got to put different colors on on Dean. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that, anyway, 
I'm not the professional. He is. No, it's it's it's, it's a good point though. Um, so acting, uh, what a wonderfully acted episode! It feels like mm. everybody is in the you know the, in, in the same world, um, which is not something you could say about Double Identity, for instance, uh, or mm. Starcrossed, or you know, or pretty much any of the episodes that we reviewed up until this point, maybe. Um, Maybe right hand of God. Anyway, uh, every yeah, everyone's in the same episode. Everyone's doing remarkable work. Uh, there, there are a couple of moments that I noticed this time that I don't necessarily think I, I appreciated quite as much uh, as, as I did the the last time we reviewed the episode um, with Jesse's um, son Willis. Um, man, just just some really, really, really wonderful stuff uh, mm. in in the um, you know the family kitchen. Um, you know, Nell is great. Oh, yeah. Like everyone, everyone does a wonderful job. Uh, you know, somebody who kind of almost, I feel like is a little bit, uh, of, of an unsung hero in this episode, as odd as that might sound to say is Royce Applegate, because I feel like as, as the sheriff, I feel like he does such a wonderful job of being, you know, kind of a piece of crap, but at the same time being just a little bit sympathetic, you know? Like as a character and, and also sympathetic to Jesse, but only up until a point, like only like, it's weird. It's like, it's like, he's sympathetic as far as his, as, as, as far as his, uh, um, you know, uh, systemic racism will allow him. You know what I mean? It's like, I will be (laughs) as sympathetic to you as a human being as I can until I bump up against that systemic racism, which, you know, disallows me from fully accepting you as another human. Um, you know, it says it says that you can't go to that hospital, you can't drink out of that fountain, you can't sit at that restaurant. I'm the sheriff, and I'm going to make sure you don't do those things. And yeah. and and, it, and it's okay that the, all those laws are there for a reason, and they're okay. But as long as you don't cross those lines, I'll treat you like a human. You know, yeah. up to sure. That's um, yeah. like watch like watching this episode and, and Roy Applegate's character. He reminds me so much of a childhood friend of mine, and Sam like like. This guy is incredibly intellectually smart. Mm. Like when we were uh, freshmen in high school, I, I taught him how to play chess. Mm. I didn't. I didn't play chess well. I knew the rules of chess, and we sat down and I taught him how to play chess. Things happened. Like we were like still in the same friend circle, but we kind of drifted apart. Like we didn't really like hang out like one on one through most of high school. Senior year, at some point, I can't remember what the occasion was. He comes over. We play chess. Mm-hmm. He kicks my ass. <laughs> he got, I mean, like, I don't even, he just played it casually over that four years, but he picked up chess a lot better than I did. And yeah. he just readily kicked my ass. Incredibly intelligent, incredibly empathetic. He went on to become a paramedic. Hmm. And when uh, my dad got sick and went to the hospital, with the thing that would eventually take his life a few days later, uh, they were not able to get like my dad to wear a, uh, a, a mask or, or something like an oxygen mask or something that he needed to wear. And this guy, he happened to be there. He was a paramedic. He was at the hospital. He went in, he spoke to my dad, got him to calm down, got him to do the thing that nobody else could get him to do. Yeah. Incredibly, incredibly empathetic person. We are no longer friends. Because uh, when it would have been sometime around after Obama was elected the second time, he posted incredibly racist stuff on Facebook, just flat out racist, like 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 not 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 coded, not subtle, not anything, flat out racist. And I called him out one too many times, 
and he unfriended me and we're not friends anymore. And Royce D. Applegate just had all of that energy. Yeah. Put me in mind of him when I was watching that episode today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it is such a, I think that's one of the reasons too, why I, I feel so strongly about his performance is that it, it does feel like somebody that you connect to that, you know, somebody that you understand. And that's not an easy thing to do when you're basically saddled with playing like the evil sheriff. Not that the role is written in that way either to Deborah Pratt's credit, but like it would be very easy for a lesser actor or a less committed actor to mm-hmm. go in there and turn the character into purely that, you know, and, and, and he's able to do more with it. And, and the writing again, I think also assists that and, and elevates it. Um, but that's just, I mean, that's just one small example too, because I feel like everyone is, 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 is fairly textured and fairly on point. I mean, hell, even like, it, it's funny because even the, um, you know, his son and his son's, you know, flunky, Toad. Are yeah, are are just a, a cut above what you would expect from being those stock characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just enough for me to again really appreciate everything that they do. I mean, the only time we really run into like just cardboard, you know, villain is the nurse at the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but again, she's not a character so much as she is just a plot device, really. When it comes right yeah. down to it, sure. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I again, I will. I'm sure I will find myself at some point thinking, you know, well, where do I go from here? Uh, but I, I just I went for it. I shot the moon. I gave it a ten. Okay, nine out of ten for yep. me. All right. Production, Production values. values. <laughs> so here's an interesting one. Uh, mostly, it's fine. You know, everything works. It's it's shot well. It's lit well. I I, I you know I love the fact that nearly everything is is like um it's 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 location um you know these are these are real buildings real houses etc except for some of the stuff in the town square obviously um which is a filmy familiar location which i'm sure you'll you'll let us know mm-hmm. yep, yep. Uh, in a moment but uh yeah you know it's fine and nothing for me to knock it down everything works it looks good it's just again it's 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 a it's one of the best examples of quantum leap as a television show there is so i give it an 8 mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Um, yeah, we have the like the the standard stock town square. The town square is very uh it's the same town square from the leap back. Um also Matt noted in his book it's like the same courthouse from uh Back to the Future, which I did not recognize, strangely enough, because I'm a big Back to the Future fan. I didn't see it as the same one, but hey, uh I will I will trust Matt on that one. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, for for all those things. The only the only flaw I saw is uh, when Sam is driving uh, his granddaughter. I can't remember her name right now. No, uh, now when he's driving Nell to the hospital, there's a shot of him going over a railroad crossing, and there's a stock footage shot, and you see a car down the way going over. And if you look really careful enough. It's way too modern of a car. <laughs> I remember us talking about that on the uh, on our original episode, yeah. nineteen fifty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, everything holds together very well. Sure. Uh, there's nothing worth knocking it for. Mythology is an interesting category for this episode because there isn't necessarily anything that ties into the fabric of you know the what's happening at the project or Sam's you know backstory necessarily or anything like that. We do get some good Al stuff. That said. Because of what the episode means to the series as a whole, because of what it sets up for Sam as a character, um, because it really portrays him as more than just someone who's trying to, you know, either get back home or, you know, set some things right, you know, change some things like we get so many looks into who he is, like his excitement over like. I'm, I'm a black man. Do you have any idea what this means? Like, you know, it, it, like there's so many opportunities, you know, with leaping now. And it, it's like, he's still that scientist. He's still, you, you know, this, this man of, um, you know, of, of passion. Uh, and, 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 and again, just what the show means for the series. Um, and because I feel like if I'm, if I'm putting together a list of episodes that I want people to watch of quantum leap, this is one of the episodes that goes on that list without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, so I, I gave it an eight. You know, I didn't feel like I could really go any higher because there wasn't some of that other stuff that I feel like is more, you know, that this is part of the, you know, the big arc or whatever. Not that there is one, but, you know, I couldn't go higher necessarily. And and in some ways, maybe some will think that this is too high. But again, for the reasons I just stated, yeah, I gave it an eight. Ah, I gave it a six because you're right. Everything that you said is right. This is the first episode where Sam really feels like Sam. Yeah truly all the way this is sam right and knowing what we knew about uh like scott bacula and how he wanted to play the character like i'm sure like this was like he was very excited because like this is the first episode where he got to play sam the way he wanted to mm-hmm. i i knocked it down because of what we mentioned earlier of al being all of the things that are needed for the episode sure sure oh he marched you know he you know he knew all you know he knows all this stuff it just uh I get as a writing function why it's needed. Right. But uh but it stretches believability. Right. A little bit. And just for that reason alone, um, I gave it a, a six. A six yeah, out of ten. That's fair. Um yeah. and like I said, I mean I, I you know, I, I I might be going a little high on, on all of this, but uh I can't help it. I I can, you know, again in my somewhat fuzzy memories uh, of double identity, I have very, very, very clear memories of this episode. You know, this mm. episode inform I mean, literally informed so much of my mm. ideology as a young boy into, you know, teenagerdom. You know, it, it, this was an episode that I rewatched multiple times. This was an episode that, um, again, I had no problem showing this to friends you know, like, sure. like, which I did on a couple of occasions. Like I was like, you know, oh yeah, you, you know, you want to watch Quantum Leap, we'll, we'll, we'll watch Color of Truth. Um, even when I was in college, like there was a point where we, we had like a get together uh, for an Oscar party, I think, um, in college and uh, people wanted to come over early and, and uh, it, you know, just so happened that there was a, um, a Quantum Leap marathon on um, sci-fi that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 and I was excited. I was like, Oh, color truth is on. We'll, we'll, we'll watch this. And they watched that episode and we ended up watching like four or five more episodes in the lead up oh, to yeah. the Oscars that night, you know, and, and everybody was on board. Like nobody mm-hmm. was like, nobody was like, Oh dear God, he likes this crap. You know, it was like, everybody sure. was on board. Yeah. Um, especially after color truth. So I, 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 it would have been very hard for me, I think to, to, um, 
Yeah, to to do too much, and 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 in the complete reversal of what I said up about double identity, if I'm a network executive watching this show and deciding whether or not it's going to get renewed before Color of Truth, I would have been like, this show is definitely on the bubble. After Color of Truth, I would be like, we have to keep this show in our lineup. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to, we have to help it be what it needs to be because if it can be this. We have to produce it. We have to be the network that does this type of show. Yeah. So that's why I, I feel like it's just an incredibly important episode. It's incredibly important, you know, for for the fabric of the series itself. Mm-hmm. You know, even beyond that. So my final score for it ends up being a nine point two five or a ninety three percent, which is undoubtedly the highest thus far, and that, will yeah. probably be the highest for some time to come. Mm-hmm. Um, although when we get into season two, there are some. I mean. There's some pretty mm-hmm. spectacular stuff there coming our way, yeah. so I don't know if I don't know if anything will be higher, but but I think there will be some that'll that'll come close. Yeah, true. So I think like little ephemera that 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 didn't make its way anywhere else as I was reviewing the episode. One thing that jumped out at me as I was watching it today is that Al makes the note that they don't know what happened to Jesse. At least at the beginning of the episode, they don't know whether or not Jesse was killed in the in the car crash that killed Miss Melanie because right. they didn't have a lot of records of uh, a lot of black people in the 1950s. Yeah. And keep in mind, like this episode was produced in 1989, takes place in 1955. Like that's the equivalent of 1988 uh, of this episode taking place in 1988 by today yeah and just thinking about that yeah uh yeah just kind of blew blew my mind yeah a little bit you know right there um and i will say and we, we talked about this a lot in our original coverage like i think by today's standards this kind of tv episode would get a lot of criticism because like what we talk we we talk a lot about now like uh, like the trope of the white savior, sure. Which really, like any episode of, of say of dealing with race, is going to deal with like the like the white savior trope, uh, and, and basically it's all about white feelings about racism for the most right. part. And I know like one series that faced a lot of criticism was uh, uh, Outlander, and I know you haven't watched a lot of Outlander, no. but uh, one of the more recent seasons from like the last, uh, I want to say like. Two or three years, what is time after a pandemic? Yeah, right. Um, but they make their way from uh, Scotland. They make their way over to America. Right. And uh, a lot of it is the main character, Claire, like like her reactions to like how how she has to integrate in society with slavery mm-hmm. because they, they are over like pre-revolutionary war colonies and slavery. And there was a lot of criticism of the series of like the series focused on too much on like a white woman's feelings about slavery right. and racism. Sure. Um, that being said, um, I feel like it's fair. That's like what we've done with this review is like, we are, we are looking at through the lens of the way it was looked at at the time that the episode was produced. Right. I, well, and in that, um, you know, and in that, I don't think you can get a much better hour of television. For what was being produced at the time. Yeah. And, the, you know, and the other thing that I will say, and that I think, you know, goes a long way towards justifying, you know, the way that, that Sam reacts to the situations that he is put in as Jesse Tyler is that 
it's not it's not only Sam's perspective on these things. You know, we get Nell's, we get his son's mm-hmm. Willis. You know, we get we get these perspectives from you know, from black characters. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I think is incredibly important to remember is that this was written by a woman of color. Yeah. And so her experience going into it and crafting the episode, I think, is worth noting. It's like, you know, and I would and I would certainly argue and I hope to have the chance to maybe ask her this one day that I don't think she would change anything even in 2022. Like, I think she would still let this episode kind of fly as is. And I'm sure she would face some of those criticisms from people. But I Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not even saying that those criticisms would be entirely unfounded. Who am I to say that? What I would say, though, is I think that once you contextualize all of those pieces and you remember that we are hearing black voices in the episode and that technically we're hearing a black voice throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, I think it's important to remember that because it's a very different situation in my mind. If this episode were written by a white person, and oh, yeah. if this episode did not visit Jesse's family at all, if oh, yeah. that were the case, yeah, we'd have to have, we'd, we'd be having a different talk. You know what I mean? Sure. But, but because, but quite frankly, because we spend some time with Jesse's family, because Nell is such an important part of this script and because the way she feels about, you know, uh, civil rights, uh, I think that it's, I, I, I think, you know, again, I'm not trying to give it a pass. I'm not trying to, but, but I do think that it's a little bit of a different conversation than, yeah. than if this episode's written by, you know, a white dude and, uh, and doesn't, you know, we never visit Jesse's family. Um, sure. So as it is, I think, you know, I think it, uh, I, again, it's not bulletproof to any of the criticisms that you're talking mm-hmm. about, but I do think that it is a little bit of a different conversation than some of the other stuff that's out there. It has been produced by, by, by folks that maybe should think twice about, you know, having certain things or how they go about doing it, you know? Yeah. So, I would say yeah. if I were to someone who is completely new to Quantum Leap and I can only show them one episode, if I wanted to show them an episode of like this was like an example of how the show dealt with issues at the time, and this is one example of like this is the sh- this is the episode that put the show on the map. Yeah, it's this episode. Yes. If I wanted to show them an episode of the series that dealt with racism that I still think would hold up if not perfectly much better to 2022 viewing black on white, black on, on, fire. white on fire. Yeah. I completely agree because, it, because it, for, for many, many reasons. And that is, and when I was talking earlier about episodes that I would in, in the writing category, for instance, that I might place, you know, give a 10 to or whatever, that's one of the ones that pops into my mind immediately. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, I agree. And I look forward to talking more about that episode. I, I, yeah. I still think I still, that's, that's, I s- literally stand by. That's still one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Yeah. I feel like the conversation that we were able to have you, me and Lamont was, was, mm-hmm. was, yeah, it was one of, one of our better episodes. So yeah. Yeah. Now that being said, I'm going to humble us a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because when we recorded that episode, that was a long episode that we recorded. Mm-hmm. We stopped to take a bathroom break. Oh, geez. We put that episode out for consumption, and I think it was Mr. Larry Ganny who shot his message and said, hey, you kept recording during the bathroom break, and you can hear someone peeing in the background. <laughs> so we're like, oh, pull the episode down, edit out that five minutes. 
put it up. We yeah. are a very humble podcast here at Fates Wide Wheel. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? And uh, that being said, to go listen to the edited version now that's out there yes. somewhere. Uh, now, that being said, here's the question that I want to put out. And uh, I would love to get feedback on social media or listener mail. Write in Fates Wide Wheel podcast at gmail.com. I, I want to know your answer to this question. Picture with me, Sam, an alternate 1989. All right. Where the smarter heads did not prevail. And this episode was not produced. Yeah. In the first season. Yeah. In its place, they aired a portrait for Troyan. Yeah. Which, if I recall correctly, was shot in the first season block of episodes. And in this alternate universe, Quantum Leap lasts one season. Yeah. It does not get picked up for all of the reasons that you say. Yeah. Here's what I want to know from our listeners. What would Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell done next? Where would they have, where would they have landed? I have an idea about Scott. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I mean, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, answer it and i'll answer the question next week but that that's what he would have gone and made some art (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but that popped into my head today it's like oh this episode doesn't get made there's no second season of quantum leap yeah where where does where do scott and geek where do scott and dean go after this whatever yeah man i mean that is one season that's only talked about on message forums and on podcasts that discuss canceled too soon right right yeah Look, I mean, yeah, there's there, there's little doubt that this episode helped to it helped to give us a season two, and I think that the wonderful thing is is that in season two, in my opinion, pardon my French, they don't fuck around. Like there are some there are some not great episodes like Portrait for Troy and, and Americanization of Machiko and stuff, but overall, season two is is just stellar. And yeah. if and and if and if season two are made in a modern world where we're only making like thirteen to sixteen episodes for a season, season two could go down as being like one of those like all time seasons for a TV show oh, if yeah. you trimmed the fat off of it because season mm. two has some killer stuff in it. Yeah. Um. So I I, I think that you know we're we're very lucky that this episode was produced in season one. <laughs> yeah. What was your final score, exactly. by the way? Oh, my final score uh, was nine point one. Beautiful. 91 percent 91 93 look i love it i love it yeah. i think that the, I, I i mean i think that that's yeah that that's where this episode should sit yeah. um so all of that said uh thank you very much we we gave you a you know a, a double sized episode when it came to our, our our normal length but uh we tried to again keep our conversations on each episode focused and, and short so you got your capsule sized reviews um and I know that we've got a couple other things that we wanted couple, to uh, we got, we got a couple letters, listener mail. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to send us listener mail, send it to uh Wheel podcast at gmail.com. You can write to us, or if you want to record an MP3, uh, just record an MP3 on your computer, just attach that in an email, send that to us, send that to us as well. Uh, Damon, he sent us one a few weeks ago. We're saving that still. We're going to put that into a, to a longer episode, maybe include it with some other like MP3 recordings. Uh, but if you have a question, you have a comment, anything, let us know. Uh, our first piece of listener mail came from one of our very first lis- listeners, Dana bias 
I will get to that here in a second. Uh, hey, Sam and Dennis, just listened to your How the Test Was One Revisited episode and wanted to let you how nice it's how nice it's been to hear you guys podcasting again. Oh, thank you. We, uh, you are right that I've been listening a long time and feel like I know you. Uh, maybe now with the revival coming out, I'll try to interact a bit more on social media, like on the Facebook group. I'm so excited both to watch the revival and hear you talk about it, hopefully for several seasons worth. Fingers crossed, us too. Yeah, right. Uh, I've already been glad to hear what you've had to say about the anti-diversity trolls and being <laughs> open to new QL. Uh, I'm tired of the, if Scott's not there, it's not real QL types. I want to enjoy what we get for what it is and just hope that the new show pays appropriate homage to the past and captures QL's heart and spirit. Us too. Yeah. Uh, then she goes on to say, uh, um, thanks for the shout on Patreon. You have been kind of butchering my name. We've been saying uh, Beus. Beuse for years. Uh, How it's, sweet it's, is she, though? How sweet to say you have been kind of butchering my name. Like, <laughs> been, no, we've yeah, been, yeah, we really have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pronounced bias, like the cookies and candy callouts at the grocery store. Well, thank you so much, Dana. Yeah, thank you very, very much, Dana. We really appreciate that. And I mean, it, it, it's kind of amazing to me to think that, you know, there are people that have been listening to us for like four or five years. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I even saying that, that doesn't necessarily seem real, you know? Yeah. Like, like people, people listen to this. Like what? What? Why? Like I, 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 I'm really, I'm really, you know, pulling the, the, the curtain away here, but, but it, it, it I mean, it, it really is kind of just, just amazing to me. And, um, um, and I, and I really, it, it's the type of thing that makes me want to do better, you know, really try to just, have good conversations and, and produce something that, uh, that the people that have been listening for a long time can, can enjoy, um, and, and, you know, feel a part of, uh, and, and continue to kind of like just grow the, the community in general. Uh, and, and also, you know, hopefully get, get new years as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that again, sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't seem real to me. It feels like we, we record this, we have these cool conversations, we put it out there and like hope people listen. And then it's like, oh yeah, people, people, people are listening. Like that's, that's what happens it's, with the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's <laughs> it fun. Is. It's cool. It's fun. Is it? We, you know, the world is on fire, but the fact that we're able to do this and put it out <laughs> and, and have just a few fans. I love it. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dana. Uh, other letter comes from Jill W. Uh, Sam and Dennis, just want to let you guys know how much I enjoy your podcast. I have listened to a few of the older podcasts, and I'm now tuning into your new ones. I've recently started rewatching uh, Quantum Leap again, and now I'm quite obsessed. I did watch the show when it originally aired in 1989 and loved it then. At that time, though, I was pretty distracted with life, raising young children, studying for my degree. So I can't say I remember watching every episode. Yeah. Now that I've rediscovered them, I can't seem to get enough. I also started on the novels and enjoy reading them. I promise we're going to get to covering the novels one day as well. Yes. Uh, that was I'm our super- plan. Literally, when was- we started conversations, we were like, like, okay, we're going to start the novels. How, what, what order do we want to do them in? How are we going to do them? Okay, that's what we're going to do. All right, great. We'll start like in February. Fantastic. Sounds great. Wait a minute. There's yeah. a new show coming. <laughs> <a> new show. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, no, we can't let them talk about it. Listen to- anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Joe goes, I'm super excited for the new sequel and anything else that may transpire maybe even a movie i can't imagine the new show not becoming a hit with us old fans as well as attracting new ones thanks again for feeding my obsession have a great week jill um p.s uh she asked if we ever considered accepting one-time donations she doesn't like doing recurring charges on her credit card of course rather just 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 
pay for everything up front. Uh, yes, I don't know how exactly we are going to do it. Uh, I'm guessing PayPal, but uh, however we're going to do it, if you look in the show notes of this episode, we will have a link to PayPal or something similar. If you just want to give us a one-time donation, uh, we appreciate it. We love it because that is not an option on Patreon. Get on a Patreon. Why is that not an option? Uh, but yes, thank you so much for, for the offer, Jill. We appreciate it. And anybody else, uh, if you're interested in making just a one-time donation to the show, check out the show notes and and you can do that. You can go towards buying our uh our LaCroix that we drink for <laughs> <laughs> and hosting fees and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jill, thank you so much. Uh, it's very, very kind of you. And, uh, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you know, that you're fully back in and invested in, you know, it's always fun. I think when you see a show and you don't necessarily catch every single episode, like when it originally airs and you like the show well enough, you know, you might really, really like it, but you just happen to miss a few. And then you go back and you rewatch it like some years later and you get to see episodes that you didn't originally see. I always feel like that's like it's like a little treasure almost. It's just kind of like, oh, how cool! I got you know. It's like I've got the show's been off the air for like ten years, but I still get to see new episodes. Like the, you know, I'm watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, which one day I'll tell you my story about how I've still not seen the Battlestar Galactica finale, the the reimagined series, and I have oh, avoided wow. all spoilers for it. Incredibly, after all this long, and and I keep one of these days I'll get around to it. One of these days, it's like uh, at first it was just kind of accident it happened. I just missed it, and 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 now it's become this thing where I'm just sort of like. It's all right. I'll get. Well, I'll get there. I'll get, get there, there when I get there. there. You know, I'm saving it. <laughs> yeah. To this day. In my head, I tell myself, I have seen every single episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. Every once in a while, I will stumble upon an episode that I have not seen. Or like, like my memory of it is so vague, sure. I might as well have never seen it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, oh, God, this is like a lost treasure. Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that I've seen every episode, but I but I probably in the same way, there are probably a few that I, the, I, I, Deep Space Nine is one that I know for a fact I've seen every single episode, like mm. probably more than once. Um, you know, Babylon five is another show. I've seen every single episode more than once, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I, when it comes to next gen, I don't know if I've actually seen every single episode. I know I haven't seen every episode of Voyager. I know I haven't seen every episode of enterprise, um, or discovery or Picard. Uh, but I'll, I'll get there with, uh, with Picard for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, God. yeah, I, I, we're not a star Trek podcast. I'm going to give the last two thoughts and we should probably like wrap it up the head. Of yeah. Here. Yeah. I love the characters on Picard. Yeah. I just want to see them in a different story. Mm, okay. They I haven't had, seen season two at all. They had such a good setup for season two. And like, I tune in and there's, there's just too much going on. It's mm. just like, like you got like five different things going on. Pick one story. Sure. Good God. And you bring back Q, and we have not seen Q in like six episodes. What are you doing? Yeah, man. Anyway, yeah. uh, Oh, and the other, other, uh, I I keep trying to rewatch Enterprise. I've never gotten all the way through Enterprise. I started watching like the first episode again today after because Amazon suggested it after I finished watching this episode of Quantum Leap. Well, on there, and just like there's only twelve years difference between the start of Quantum Leap and the start of Enterprise. Mm. And it's been 20 years since Enterprise. That's wild, man. That's wild. Blows, blows my mind. I, I, you know, I would, I would be interested to see how I feel about Enterprise now. Uh, I, I think, though, that the, 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 the problem with Enterprise that I had the last time I tried to watch it, 
and I would probably find myself having again is that, you know, when something is like right on the cusp of when you make an advance, you know what I mean? Like that thing that comes out like right before they discover, you know, that, oh, you can do this instead, Um, you know, almost like the one of the last great video games uh, on an old system, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's good, but then the new system comes out and you discover like, Oh, wait a minute. Now we can do this, you know? Sure, yeah. And, and, and in some way that's kind of a horrible analogy, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Uh, and I feel like enterprises like that in so much as Battlestar Galactica hadn't happened yet. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but 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 they knew enough to know that you could have a slightly like serialized story that you could have elements carry over in a way that they'd not done on Trek really before that they sort of tried to do on Voyager, but never really committed to all the way. But they still don't really commit all the way on Enterprise either. And so by the time they finally do commit to it, it's almost too late because you had to suffer through like a lot of season one, which just feels like <sighs> they don't know how to tell a story that actually feels big as opposed to standalone episodes. Sure. But the standalone episodes aren't necessarily that great either because they're still trying to tell something bigger. So they're kind of stuck in the middle a lot of times. Sure. Um, but there are some cool, I mean, there's some cool stuff. I don't know. We're not a Star Trek podcast. Anyway. Uh, so, so uh, what I will say, yeah. Dana, Jill, thank you both so much. Really appreciate that. Um, and Dana, that sounds awesome and 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 challenging. Uh, but to work on your degree and raise children at the same time, kudos to you. Uh, Jill. Even if Jill, excuse me. No, I did say uh, Jill. Didn't I say Jill? You said Dana. I did. I thought I said Dana and Jill. Thank you. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Jill. Anyway, it's late. Yeah. It, it is late. It is. It, it's late here in the central time zone. Uh, uh, so yeah, kudos to you. That's that's awesome. And uh, I'm so glad that you are able to uh, enjoy the show now and uh, and take it in a different way, and that we're able to help you along on that journey uh, and entertain you hopefully uh, in some small measure. So, uh, and, and thank you so much again for asking too about the donation. That's really, really kind and generous of you. Um, you know, I'll give my normal spiel. If, if, if you got some extra money in your pocket and you want to, you know, help out or whatever, that's fantastic. Uh, invest in your community first, you know, donate to a charity that means something to you. Of course, I'll always praise doctors without borders, UNICEF, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, uh, if after you've done that, you still want to throw a little money our way, then by all means, hit up our Patreon. Uh, we will be thankful for it. Um, you know, we've, we've never made any money off of this podcast. Uh, up until recently, we didn't get any money at all because we weren't really asking for it. Um, but you know, the realities are of course, hosting and and, and everything else. And, you know, I, I bought a new mic and we've got all these other little costs that, that, that creep in on you. So, um, any little bit goes a long way and we really do appreciate it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but even if you can't do any of that, we just appreciate that you spend a little time with us because I also know that there's a lot out there to choose from when it comes to podcasts, uh, even when it comes to Quantum Leap podcasts. Um, but uh, we've been here a while, and uh, we, we hope, if nothing else, we've we've earned your loyalty. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, make sure you are checking out the other podcasts, because uh, there's a lot of really cool conversations happening in the community right now, obviously, because of the Revival series coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, we've helped out uh, Matt Dale uh, uh, on his quantumleapinfo.net website, uh, providing him with some information, confirming some details that we were able to, to discover, um, sending some information his way, you know, before he'd seen it on Twitter or Reddit or whatnot. Um, and vice versa, the same is true. Matt, of course, has been a huge help to us, uh, not the least of which through his book, Beyond on the mirror image. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and of course, Allison and Chris are, are, are wonderful, kind people as well. Um, and the other quantum leap podcasts that are out there right now, like the waiting room, um, 
there's a, a quantum leap project as well, which I don't know if I've ever really actually started or not. Um, oh, I, I don't know that one. Yeah. But, uh, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, and hit us up on Facebook, uh, hit us up on Twitter, um, you know, any of those social media channels. You can find the links in the show notes. Um, we love having conversations. Um, you know, we might not be as super active as we would always like to be because we are, at the end of the day, two tired dads uh, doing the sure. best that we can. But uh, yeah, we're always here to have a good time and we're always here to um, just enjoy the fact that we love this show have loved this show will continue to love this show even if we are sometimes a little critical of it exactly <laughs> the guy so. anyway i'm not gonna go on that tangent anyway everything that sam said thank you so much it's a pleasure yes it is being in your ears i'm tired i don't know <laughs> no I, I i think that's a wonderful thing to say uh yeah so so so, so on that note i guess we should leap out of here do we have anything else here. any other any other uh, no that's it notes like, else? uh everything that you just said and yeah hit us uh fates wide will podcast at gmail.com let me know where would scott and dean had landed quantum leap only lasted <sighs> one season I shudder to think, really. Uh, I, Dean would have been fine, obviously, but but I do wonder what Scott, what the hell would Scott have done? I have an idea. I'll All right, next, next episode, next time. All yeah. right. Well, our next episode, we'll be talking about the Kamikaze Kid. Um, yeah. That'll be interesting because there is some cringy as fuck stuff in that episode. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but there's also we'll some really cool stuff. Um, yeah. So it's not a bad episode by any means. In fact, I think it, it might end up being a higher ranked episode compared to some of the other episodes this season so yeah. far we'll see uh so yeah uh we'll be back then in the meantime take care of yourselves take care of one another stay safe out there and um thank you so much genuinely mm-hmm. for for listening for watching on youtube since we're, we're on the youtube now as well um we we genuinely appreciate it, it means it means a lot to us we love y'all have a good week or two we'll see <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>